Lift your hands and give him praise. We thank you, Jesus. We glorify you, Jesus. We magnify you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I will not be before you long, but I will be before you strong. I have a word to release in this house on tonight. And I wrestled with this thing all day today, but I must do what I'm supposed to do, amen? Go ahead and take your seats. At the beginning of this fast, I prayed a similar prayer that I pray on all the other fasts, the previous years, previous months or days or weeks. And that was for the Lord to show me some things. Show me some things. Show me the truth about some things. And that was not an unusual prayer because I've been praying it more, not just once, but more, but more. Mozart, don't go too far. 15 years ago, I met a young woman at my previous church. And when I met her, I looked into her eyes. And it was as if I could see her soul. The Bible says the eyes are the window to the soul. And I knew that she was good. The next time I saw her, I had my phone number ready for her. And she had her phone number ready for me. And that was an amazing thing because I've never encountered someone like that before. And to this day, we are friends. And not just friends, but sisters. I have watched her grow as a woman of God. I've watched her grow as a wife, as a mother. And she has watched me. But not every relationship is like that. There's some people you encounter and they're not right. Their heart is not right before the Lord. And so it's important that when you encounter new people or even the ones that are still in your life, that you discern, you ask God for discernment of where they are with him. The title of tonight's message is entitled, The Warning. Let's look at Isaiah chapter 62, verse 6. Oh, Jerusalem. I have posted watchmen on your walls. They will pray day and night continually. Take no rest, O you who pray to the Lord. Ezekiel chapter 3, verses 17 through 19. Son of man, I have appointed you as a watchman for Israel. Whenever you receive a message from me, warn people immediately. If I warn the wicked saying, you are under the penalty of death, but you fail to deliver the warning, they will die in their sins, and I will hold you responsible for their deaths. If you warn them and they refuse to repent and keep on sinning, they will die in their sins, but you will have saved yourself because you obeyed me. Ezekiel chapter 33 verse 6. But if the watchman sees the enemy coming 
and doesn't sound the alarm to warn the people he is responsible for their captivity. They will die in their sins, but I will hold the watchmen responsible for their deaths. One of the things the Lord showed me about me is that I am a watchman. A watchman is a prophet, an intercessor, one who watches for the enemy, one who, one who can see a long distance what the enemy is plotting and what the enemy is doing. But me in my youth, I didn't understand that everything I saw that I shouldn't say. I was supposed to ponder and hold and pray. But as I have matured in my gifting, I have learned how to hold, how to hold, how to hold and pray. But on tonight, the Lord is having me release a word. Let's look at Matthew chapter 9 verse 4. Jesus knew what they were thinking. So he asked them, why do you have such evil thoughts in your heart? He knew what they were thinking. Matthew chapter 22, verse 18. But Jesus perceived their wickedness and said, why tempt ye me, you hypocrites? Why do you tempt me? Luke chapter 5, verse 22. But when Jesus perceived their thoughts, he answering said unto them, why reason ye in your hearts? But he perceived, Luke 20, verse 23, but he perceived their craftiness. He perceived their craftiness. And he said unto them, why tempt ye me? A gift to the watchman is perception. Not suspicion, not suspicion, but perception. One who can see, but not necessarily know, is this really what I'm seeing? I've questioned so many times. I would never go, I know this is God. I know this is God. I would just go gingerly and carefully. Lord, is this you? Lord, is this you? Lord, is this you? Am I hearing you? Am I hearing correctly? And every time I would ask him that question, he said, you know my voice. You know my voice. You know it's me. You know it's me. So I have grown in confidence in hearing from the Lord, but yet I still walk carefully before him. 1 Peter chapter 5, verses 8 through 9. It reads, stay alert. Watch out for your great enemy, the devil. He prowls around like a roaring lion, looking for someone to devour. Stand firm against him and be strong in your faith. Remember that your family of believers all over the world is going through the same kind of suffering you are. Stay alert. Watch. Pay attention. Don't push it to the back. Don't push it down. Pause for a second. And consult of your father. I've had so many moments to pause. There was a woman in my past and I wasn't for sure what was happening with her. I perceived that she was spreading lies about me. But I had no proof. 
And I kept saying, Lord, just show me. I need some proof. I just I perceive on the inside this is what's happening. I knew that's what was happening. But he gave me a dream. And in that dream, the woman and I had a confrontation. And in the dream, she began to hiss at me. And after she finished hissing, she began to slither on the floor and went into the wall. When I woke up from that dream, I consulted someone and said, what do you think that means? And the interpretation did not bear witness with me. But I consulted the Lord continually. Like, Lord, what does this mean? It would seem pretty obvious, doesn't it? But I did not want to jump to any conclusions. Lord, show me clearly what does this dream mean? What are you saying to me? As I'm in, in the mirror combing my hair, he says, snakes are sneaky. I knew right then what he was saying about this woman. That she was doing exactly what I had perceived her to do. And then others began to come and tell me what she was saying and what she was doing. So he was giving me the comfort and the proof that I needed. I knew what was going on, but I didn't know. I perceived it. Like Jesus. I'm like, Lord, I, I, I would like some proof. I need the truth of what's going on. Let's take a look at 1 Samuel 16, 7. But the Lord said to Samuel, don't judge by his appearance or height, for I have rejected him. The Lord doesn't see things the way you see them. People judge by outward appearance, but the Lord looks at the heart. The heart is not something that we can see. We can see fruit, we can see actions, but you can't really see what's truly on the inside of a person. The Lord knows what's on the inside of a person's heart. And he said, don't judge by the appearance. I have rejected him. He's not like us that look at, oh, she's pretty, oh, she's nice, oh, she's cute, oh, she got nice clothes, oh, 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 oh. The Lord looks at the heart. Jeremiah 16, verse 17. I am watching them closely, and I see every sin. They cannot hope to hide from me. Jeremiah 17, verses 9 through 10. The human heart is the most deceitful of all things and, and desperately wicked. Who really knows how bad it is? But I, the Lord, search all hearts and examine secret motives. I give all people their due rewards according to what their actions deserve. Proverbs 21, verse 2. People may be right in their own eyes, but the Lord examines their heart. Stop being moved by everything that looks good that sounds good, that seems good. Ask the Lord, is it good? Is he right? Is she right? Stop being so easily moved. Don't be gullible. There are some very sneaky, cunning people out here being used by the enemy. They're very charismatic. They look good. They sound good. They even know scripture. The devil knew scripture. Psalm 44 Verse 21, God would surely have known it, for he knows the secrets of 
every heart. Not just some hearts, every heart. Every heart. And for my last scripture, 2 Kings, verse 6. 2 Kings, chapter 6, verses 8 through 12. When the king of Aram was at war with Israel, he would confer with his officers and say, we will mobilize our forces at such and such a place. But immediately, Elisha, the man of God, would warn the king of Israel. Do not go near that place, for the Arameans are planning to mobilize their troops there. So the king of Israel would send a word to the place indicated by the man of God. Time and again, Elisha warned the king so that he would be on alert there. Elisha warned the king so he would be on alert there. The king of Aram became very upset over this. He called his officers together and demanded, which of you is the traitor? Who has been informing the king of Israel of my plans? It's not us, my lord, the king. One of the officers replied, Elisha, the prophet in Israel, tells the king of Israel, even the words you speak in the privacy of your bedroom. Why? Do you think it is okay to speak against my servant? Why? Did you think I did not hear you? Did you think I did not see you? Why did you allow Satan to fill your heart with lies and deception? Why? What you did, you did privately. You must repent. You must repent. Because what you did, you did privately, but I will do the thing publicly. Your time is now up. Your time is now up. Father in his mercy our great father in his mercy has extended so much time and so much grace so much time and so much grace but this is your last warning it's your last warning if you don't get this right 
Because you've been carrying on for quite a while. But the Lord loves you. The Lord loves you. He loves you. And he wants you to get it right. I want you to get it right. Because you have a great destiny to fulfill. I want you to get it right. The Father wants you to get it right. Repent. Repent. Turn. Turn. Make things right. Make things right. He has seen it all. He's heard it all. And he knows why you did it. But he loves you so much. And I wrestled with this all day. I've never done this before. But behold, the Lord is doing a new thing. He's doing a new thing. And just as my husband stepped into his role, so do I. So do I. Hallelujah. Hallelujah, hallelujah. I really don't know what to say. I really don't. I, uh, I didn't know she was talking about me. Um, you know, but it is a dangerous thing. Uh, you know, being kind causes people with the wrong heart to see you as weak. You know, and, uh, and you know, <clears throat> there are times when the Lord will blind me on purpose. My wife will see that more. Um, you know, sometimes your gifting will allow you to see certain things. You know, for example, the young lady that had been given over to Satan as his wife that came into our midst, you know, they were people that saw certain things. And so they felt that I was a weakling because I was being duped. When the truth be told is that the Lord blinded me from certain things so that I would carry out the full assignment that you wouldn't do. That was a strong thing. That was a very, 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 very tough thing to deal with. That was very, very tough. You know, some people at this church were involved with it with us. You know, lots of people from the Inner Healing Deliverance Team. The Lord just really, you know, <laughs> grew us up overnight. You know what I mean? He <laughs> really grew up, you know. And, uh, you know, but there are, uh, I'm just going to say this. I'm going to just say this. You know, I'm trying to be careful what I say because I have to deal with things, you know, just to deal with things. If you knew what I, if you knew what I had to deal with just this week alone, you're like, why are you still living? <laughs> but anyway, it's neither here nor there. I'm just using Moses as an example. You know, um, um, there's one thing. You know, I've never wanted to. Say, 
I've never wanted to say this. I, I never wanted because I've always tried to carry myself as a humble individual. You know, but there is a reason why God picked me. God did not pick me because of my race. He did not pick me because of my gender. He did not pick me because of Bible school. He did not pick me because of a degree or whatever lack thereof. You know, he sure enough didn't pick me for my ability to preach. But one thing I do know about myself is that I have a clean heart. That's what I told Jerry when I was in Nigeria. I said, Jerry, I understand you want me to meet Bishop of Utipo, but I said, I said, one thing about me, I said, no one has to be concerned because I have a clean heart. That's one thing I have is a clean heart. I didn't say I was a perfect man. I said I have a clean heart. I didn't say that I always make the right decisions, but I have a very, very clean heart. And my motives are always pure to the point where people will get mad at me. People have made assumptions about me because that's the way that they rolled. You know, here recently I have been very much accused of playing favorites with certain individuals. Um, when the truth be told is the other individuals didn't like my ruling. So I'm accused of playing favorites. And so what has happened is I've been very, very nice, very, very nice. And I wouldn't accept my full assignment. If you're a first time visitor here or new here, you might have to kind of disregard this teaching because it's always a great church and we got revelation knowledge and we have wonderful worship. Sometimes you can come on the wrong day. <laughs> You know, and so I've been, sh I've always been a very, very slow to defend myself because to give people a chance, I'm giving several people a chance now. And, um, but the truth be told, like I like to joke around and say, Moses was in his tent eating popcorn. And the Lord said, Moses, come out here. Let me talk to you for a second. So Moses, he just stepped out there and, uh, he saw his sister and brother standing there. It's dangerous to fool with a man that has a clean heart. He doesn't have to defend himself. And he'll take too long to deal with an issue. And if he takes too long, then God will deal with the issue. And if God deals with the issue, folk will die. <laughs> and it's just a crazy story. Because Moses had, he was the meekest man in the entire world. Yet, he still had people who were rebellious in his camp. And it started with his family members. And uh, remember what God told him? He pulled Aaron and Miriam. And you know what's so crazy about that story? It's not like Aaron and Miriam have been talking about Moses for a long time. They just got upset because he had married a woman of a different race. And they started running their mouth. You know? He's not the only one that can be a leader. We prophets too. Oh, you might want to add something deep for a second. I do, I do, because the scripture doesn't tell us how long it was. Before it was on the outside, it was on the inside of them, right? It was already man it was already in their hearts. Them speaking out was the manifestation of what was already churning on the inside. And so, and so listen to what God said. He said, now, since you think you're so deep, he said, if... I decide to make someone a prophet he said I would reveal myself to them in a dream a dark riddle deep speeches etc and that's if you call to that office he said but Moses stands in another office that's above prophet that office is called meekness the greatest weapon of all and most people have no idea how that weapons work because they're not meek and they're humble they're not meek or humble they just buck up every time 
And so people have surprised me greatly these last few weeks and months about they look like one way, but on the other flip, they buck up real hard. And he told Miriam, he said, Moses is not like that. He said, Moses is on such a high level, I don't deal with him based on titles. I deal with him like a friend. And then he said, so why did you think it was okay for you to speak against a man that I have a different assessment of than your opinion? I keep telling people, your opinion of me is different than God's opinion of me. And you remember what happened? God brought down a very swift judgment. So apparently, um, <laughs> something the Holy Spirit told me today, he said that, I'll go to that in a second. So apparently Miriam was the one that said, I'm going to punish you, but I'm going to place leprosy on you. And then I'm going to stick you in the wilderness. And you got to stay in the wilderness by yourself with the rats, the lions, the tigers, and the bears, and the bugs. And you got to sit there alone for seven days, sick, to think about why you shouldn't have opened your mouth. Destroy church. And this is a word to be careful of. Men destroy churches with their actions. Women destroy it with their mouths. Something the Holy Spirit told me today. So, and then you remember the second one. The second one was even crazier. Because the group tried to rebel. <laughs> and you remember how that went down. They're like, Moses, this punk leader, he don't know what he's doing. He ain't this, he ain't that, he ain't that, he ain't that. But this time Moses got mad. The problem with meek men that get mad is if they get mad, you might want to move to another state for a couple of weeks. Moses is like, is that right? I'm not a good leader now, huh? Nope. He said, okay. And you remember the end of the story, you know? Uh, the deep part, oh, Jesus. The deep part is the instruction came, lest everybody feel their incense, which represents prayer. Everybody is going to pray because we all people of God. But when we're done praying, we're going to see which God, one God answers. It's a tripped out story. And you know the end, result, end the result of that one is Moses said, everybody stand over here. And all y'all stand over there. And, and then Moses got mad. He said, he said, we've done with our incense altars. He said, so now he said, we're going to find out really which one God approves of. And he said, y'all stand over there and I'm going to stand over here. And he said, if nothing abnormal happens, then it means y'all, it's truth. He said, but some, if something abnormal happens, like the ground opening up and swallowing everybody, then y'all know that y'all were out of order. And when he said that, it said the ground opened up. And it only swallowed up the leaders, but it said a fire came and burned up another 250 people that rolled with him. Y'all remember Jezebel in the scripture? You know, it's two different types of Jezebel. The Old Testament Jezebel and the New Testament Jezebel. Old Testament Jezebel, she was just basically a wicked crook. You know, she was just crazy. I mean, she even put on makeup when she found out she was getting ready to die. She's going out in style. The New Testament Jezebel is different because she was in the church teaching erroneous ways. And it's very interesting what God said. He said, he said, I gave her time to repent, but she wouldn't. He said, so I put her on a bed, and he said, she's getting ready to not go through a bunch of trouble. And then the second thing is, he said, but the people that were following her are getting ready to go through trouble also, unless they repent of her ways, not their ways. Because they were following this individual. Now, Jezebel can be a man or a woman. It's a spirit. It's a spirit. 
you know. And so, you know, me, me, that was one of the things, me kind of pulling back a little bit like I did. Um, it allowed certain individuals to get beyond and beyond themselves. And, you know, it's okay. And I just know that most people are not going to receive chastisement. I have been very, very grieved and appalled and I have weeped over people who, I mean, when I tell you the stuff that we have done for them, it is unbelievable what we have done for them. And I tell them to adjust one thing, and now I'm the devil. So I had no idea she was going to share that. I had no idea. But, you know, that is the dangerous part now, is me taking up on the full role of what you call an apostle. Okay. Um, you didn't see apostles in the Old Testament. It was the new top dog in the New Testament. You have apostles, you have prophets, you have pastors, you have teachers. I am an apostle that is also a prophetic pastor, and I'm also a teacher. That doesn't make you deep, it just means you operate in certain functions. But I'm, I'm just encouraging you to heed the warning. Because, y'all, we're at the time when there is no more delay. And God doesn't have time for our stupid games. He doesn't have time for our sinning. He doesn't have time for us. You know, there's some people that they just won't die to the Lord. They just won't. You know, I am amazed at the people that have bucked up against me. And I asked my wife, okay, even if I did do something wrong, which I didn't, even if I did do something wrong. So now all of these years of me being good is now thrown into the trash? Whatever happened to what the Bible said about love? Whatever happened to what the Bible said about humility and meekness and forgiveness and putting up with one another and being tenderhearted toward one another? Whatever happened, the Bible tells you to be like that according for your enemies. And so this is why people mean, and see, let, let me tell you something. Every single last person that is bucked up against me Today, I'm still waiting on a scripture. People go according to what they feel. You know? And you get into this battle, you know, well, that's just what the Lord showed me. Wrong. That's what you saw. There's a difference between what the Lord showed you versus what you saw. And what you saw, you liked, so you put it up that the Lord showed you. No, the Lord didn't show you that because the Lord will never show you something that does not line up with scripture. I'm showing you scripture. You're talking about a dream. I'm showing you scripture. You're talking about a vision. I'm showing you scripture. You're talking about how you feel. Yeah. Well, God, I don't care nothing about that. So let me explain something to you all. Moving forward. Okay. First time visitors, please come back. Online and here, everybody. Just they're like, what is going on? What is going on is we have to change the culture of our language. This is not a church. This is a building. You are the church. We are the body of Christ, and Jesus is the head. And that head and that body, in the middle of a war between two kingdoms. And like the Holy Spirit told me, he said, if the kingdom of God has suffered the greatest rebellion to date, who are you to think it will never happen to yours? And rebellions are deep because they're sneaky. So, you know, and there are some people, they, they get this thing, just like in Moses' day, they get this thing where, <laughs> skip me, 
Think about something, you all. It will always repeat. That which has been is what will always be. Think about the greatest rebellion that has happened of all time. And that is Satan, who worked under God, decides that perfection is now wrong. And see, it's not like it's not like Satan showed up one day all to, all to the angels. Hey, y'all, um, I can't stand God anymore. We're getting to run a roll up against the kingdom and the king of kings. And they were like, yes, we've been thinking about. No. It started with Satan talking to one guy. Small suggestions. Come back, talk to him again. Then go talk to another couple of people. Now they talking. We cast out a demon that told us this, by the way. He told us, he said, I really wasn't for the rebellion, but I ended up getting caught up in the middle of it. That's what he told me. And so, you know, I'm getting ahead of myself a little bit, but eventually, <laughs> Satan had convinced one out of every three angels that perfection was wrong. So remember, it does not matter how right you are. It does not matter how much you are in the will of God. And it sure enough does not matter how much love you walk in towards people and how much humility you walk in. There are still going to be some that have the nature of Satan. But they start out right. Because what did God say about Satan? He said you were the epitome of perfection until you went sideways. So that gets over in the deeper stuff between the who knows eternities with Satan and God. Rebellions are normal. Rebellions are normal for men that are right. They're abnormal for men that are wrong. So, you know, a couple of people were a little surprised. You know, we, we, uh, you know, we had a powerful move of God here Saturday. Sunday was crazier. You know, there's a couple of people were a little alarmed. They were like, I didn't know you rolled like that. Devon held back. Probably all of us held back, <laughs> to be honest with you. I'll held back. Let me say, when I made the statement that I held you back, I, I didn't hold you back. Oh, he because see, He's the reason why I'm broke. No, you, you're broke because you don't work and you overspend. He's the reason. Why, no, 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 no. The ones that I because of fact were the ones who won't step into their roles because of fear or whatever or, or the reason. Because as soon as I did, my, as soon as I made that decision, my wife said something unlocked in her. Several people, business people, ministry dig, they said you you unlocked. So those were the ones I was holding back. And it was not that I was holding them back as you know, like on purpose. It's that. Because I won't take my rightful role. There was, you know, it's, I had been praying this prayer for the Lord to use me a particular way. He didn't answer the prayer because I wouldn't take the role for what I was asking for. As soon as I took the role, and then running while Sunday, you know, I laid hands on the whole church and I'm just laying hands on people. Demons coming out, laying hands on people, people getting healed. Probably gave about 25 prophecies and I did something crazy. I did something very beautiful. There's a family there. And um, I pulled the family together. 
and let them know, look, y'all got to come up. You got to clean up because the Lord is calling you to something, your whole family. One of the females in the family was in a lesbian relationship with another girl, with a young lady. She didn't have family. So you know they're saved, filled with the Holy Spirit. You can't rush people into what you want them to be in. You have to wait. I knew there was a time coming where I was going to have to pull them apart. I was like, Lord, but how do I do it? He didn't say nothing, so that means just wait. Just wait. Just wait. But then the young lady that's not a part of this family, so you have the family, and then one of the girls in the family had a relationship with her. Okay? And, uh, and so trying to move forward with that, but the girl that doesn't have anybody, that's her attachment. I don't have anybody. And then the Lord told me, and her, her grandmother had just passed. And her grandmother was a Christian, and the Lord gave the girl a dream before her grandmother passed, that her grandmother was getting ready to die and go to heaven. Okay? So her grandmother passed. And then after her grandmother passed, something mysterious about sometimes when you get ready to go to the next level, a parent or a grandparent will pass. And so, uh, and so the Lord simply said, he said, uh, it's time to separate them. He said, but it won't work for the outsider unless you and your wife become her spiritual parent. She'll be able to step away if she can step with you. So the other one has to go with her family and this one got to be a part of yours. You understand what I'm saying? It was a beautiful thing. You know, both of them. I mean, and see, people don't understand about levels. The word that I gave made the demons come out of both of them not come out in the name of Jesus no the word of freedom drove it out they both broke down just and they knew it was time you know there's some steps the Lord the Lord enlarged the place of your steps you understand what I'm saying and, and then we're still learning when it comes to all of this stuff with inner healing and deliverance and just how all this stuff works it's just mysterious you know so but I didn't know she was going to share that I was sitting like what's she talking about but, but, but let me tell you something. There are some people, and it's not a lot. It's usually just a couple. They see you as a weakling because you don't stop them. And I, I've already, I've known for years that some, there are a couple of ladies that are always around that they see her as weak because she doesn't do what they do. But it's because they, they don't see strength correctly. Strength is not your ability to get someone healed. It's not the ability to give somebody a word. It's not the ability to cast out a demon. That's not strength. That's using the name of Jesus. Real strength is humility. And most people, I shouldn't say most people, a lot of people are not humble. A lot of people are humble in their mind, but they're not humble in their heart. I'll show you humility when I stand up in front of two congregations and tell everybody I'm sorry because I held everybody back. Who you know going to do that? I'm sure some others out there, you know what I'm saying? I'm just saying that takes a marriage of humility because people will use that against you. And then there's some people, no matter how good they have it, they're going to twist it and they're going to turn it because for them. So, um, so, you know, we have been viciously attacked and I usually don't even care. You know, my, my attitude is, you know, you know, you ever see those little birds riding on the back of buffaloes and stuff? It is the buffaloes are like he's just gonna be there. I'm gonna just keep on eating and keep on doing my thing and sleeping. He he ain't gonna never leave, you know. And so that's how I've always seen people speak against me. But it's just very unfortunate that there are some people that if you if they can't control you, you become their enemy. They really do believe that this is my house. They really believe that. 
And then there becomes this competition of dreams. Well, I, I tell them, Lord gave me a dream that you're messing up. Well, I had a dream that you're messing up. It's not a competition of dreams. Just had to tell somebody the other day. You got a gift. I got fruit, gift, and authority. I hate to go there with people. Let's look at our personal lives to determine. If don't go there with me. And that's the danger part about having authority is that with great power comes great responsibility. Because at any given moment, if I'm careful, I can destroy a fool. You know, and Satan just been pushing me. He just been pushing me, trying to get me to snap, trying to get me to snap. I'm not going to snap. I'm mad, but I'm not going to snap. So I had no idea she was going to share that. If I had known she was going to share that, I probably would have told her not to share that. That's probably why she didn't tell me she was going to share that. She said I didn't ask her. It's because I didn't know you were going to share that. <laughs> Y'all, this is not a game. God does not take it kindly when who he picked you got a problem with because they won't do what you want them to do. I might have said that correctly, but y'all understand exactly what I'm saying. That a new era has come to this ministry. It is time to fly. There is something the Lord is going to have me establish, and I'm not going to share it. This, it is flawless. It is flawless. But I have to deal with some things first. So, I'll say this last thing and see if she has anything to share. And I mean to keep you this long, you know, but there are people that are very much mad at us and they are uh, just flat out lying because I didn't go with what they wanted me to do. There are people that they wanted to destroy people in this church and I would not allow them to destroy a person. And now I'm wrong because I wouldn't allow your viciousness to destroy someone. And see, what my wife says is very much true. You've heard me say, just because I don't say nothing doesn't mean I don't know nothing. I just keep my mouth closed because I never want to deal with things in the flesh. I deal with it when God tells me to deal with it. And there are some people that no matter how accurate you are and how good you are, they're always going to see you as an enemy. So it is what it is. So, um, don't be the individual that listens to a fool because they're trying to turn you against us because we're not called, we're not appointed, and all of those different type of things. I keep a track record of people that do that. So far, I'm 100% right with what happens to individuals like that. You're trying to put a curse on me. No, it's the law of seed, time, and harvest. And, and you know, how many of y'all read the Bible? How many of you know God is vicious? just straight vicious because these are individuals that have been used by Satan to try to hamper what God is doing and you remember what Jesus told Paul he said you're not fighting against me he said you're not fighting against people he said you're fighting against me you said I'm persecuting these people and um, and so it's difficult I thought about this today I literally said this out of my mouth I wasn't my wife wasn't around and I said to myself I said all six of my children um, are in the will of God. They're not by the wayside. And it is very painful to deal with a child that's by the wayside. 
I know what that feels like now because of the spiritual children that are by the wayside. Now, you won't feel it as hard as if it's your real child because it's a difference with your real child that you gave birth to. You know what I'm saying? But, but I understand now how, what's that? Yeah, it still hurts. Because, and that's what's so, I'm in the midst of situations right now where I'm like, Lord, I, I, the last two days, I, it's a long time since I prayed a prayer like this. Lord, you know me. I never seek to destroy. I only seek to restore. But Lord, I'm dealing with things that are just a little bit outside of my pay grade here. And I need you to give me wisdom so I don't destroy anybody. But it's amazing. There's some people. That movie scared me when Sanaa Lathan and her mama told her, that man is not going to marry you. Sanaa was, she was convinced. I used, to like, I used to like Sanaa Lathan as an actor. I don't like her no more. I'm scared of her now. She acted a fool in that movie, The Family That Prays Together, P-R-E-Y-S. And, um, and her mama told her, she said, girl, you on a roll, you're going to crash. And Sanaa thought about it for a second. She rustled up with that pride. She says, well, I'm just going to enjoy the trip on the way to the wall. And that, that hurt her mama. And see, let me say this. This is where I close, I believe. I want you to remember something for the rest of your life. The Bible says that I watch for your souls. The pastor does. Okay? The evangelist does not watch for your soul. The teacher does not watch for your soul. The prophet does not watch for your soul. A gifted person to cast out demons does not work for your soul. A healing evangelist, the Bible says there's one person that watches for your soul, and that's me. So why do you think, whether anybody is listening or not, why do you think if I'm the one that watches for your soul, then why do you think God would not show me when you're wrong? Especially if I can show you from the word. Now, let's just say that your word, y'all know me, I'm a word individual. This is the reason why you're wrong right here. You, you can't do this. This is not even scriptural. God did not even respect that. I had to tell people a lots of different things from relationships. Stop prophesying relationships. The Bible says if a man finds a wife, he finds a good thing. It didn't say if he get a word about finding a wife. And so people don't like to be corrected. That's the big thing with relationships. People are always saying this. My wife tell you, I'm terrible about relationships. Putting people together. I tell her all the time, I think, I think she might be good for him. No, no, the man, the man is 30 years older than her. Y'all don't count. Okay. So I've never seen my wife do that before. So I know it was God. Because there are a lot of things that are being dealt with. Read the Bible, you all. God does not take it too kindly. When you look at the people that came, you know, against real, authentic men of God. And let me tell you something, and I'm going to say this again. The era that myself, Bishop Ricky, and Randall and Vaughn that we grew up in, you all, y'all, do y'all realize how much I was abused spiritually in ministry? Now, most of y'all don't even know what, let me tell you something. With what Devon and I have gone through, most people would leave God. I still don't know how he dealt with that. Uh, that was another level how that man of God did him. And yet, Devon didn't leave God. He stayed faithful because he wasn't there 
for no other reason except Jesus. When a pastor fired me and then asked me to keep on working the rest of the week, guess what? Did it with the right attitude. He only asked me because he knew I was going to do it in the first place. That's how you pay the sacrifice. Everybody wants all of this power and prosperity and the story of promotion, but you can't be faithful to nothing. Even if I was wrong about something, whatever happened to you just sucking it up. But you know what? Your manager cussed you out all day, but you didn't leave your job. All day. Okay. So, that was a very stiff warning. And unfortunately, as a pastor, there's one thing that I've learned more than anything else. People don't listen to warnings. Their pride won't let them listen. It just won't. They keep on going until it's too late. And there were a lot of men that were in heaven. And the Lord said, and they told Rick Joyner, they said, we lost our lives because God had to move us out of the way because we had messed up too much stuff. So, it's a new era that's come. When February the 1st gets here, it's on. It really is on. I'm telling you it's on. So, that's the role of what we have received. I've received... You know, she received, there are some other people have received certain things and I have to keep that quiet for right now. But trust me, a new era has come. I'm amazed at how God will hold things. Yo, I'm amazed at how God will put the whole ship on pause to give one person a chance to get it right. And it's a timing on getting it right. It's ordained. It might be three months, it could be three years, I don't know. But he puts, it's a time lock on it. You have this amount of time to get it right because if you don't get it right by here, I got to remove you because I got to go someplace else because based on timing. Okay, so I'm just encouraging you all. I mean, no, sometimes we all got to put ourselves in check. You really do. So I'm going to say this again because I was very alarmed when I offered this. If somebody is telling you something, it would be wise for you to come and get the other side of the story. Because the Bible says the case of the first seems true until the situation is cross-examined. And when I tell you, I realize something today. I am a general, big time one. But all generals got a lot of scars. And all of them generals become, the more they limp. Remember McCain? general military man political theater now but he walked around like that because he went through some stuff when he was in that prison camp generals got a lot of scars they don't show them to you you know you look at you know uh, uh, that's what i love movies about kings you see some of these kings and these warriors and they got cuts across their eyes these dudes are stonewalled though they they're hardened but they also they limp because they got a lot of scars from the people that were fighting and I have a whole lot more scars than you think I'm just real good at hiding them because I don't want you to feel sorry for me I don't want you to pastor you need to beat people up no I'm called to take the scars my wife will, my wife will tell you it blow your mind to know how many people I protect blow your mind and you think they're good but they're wrong and you think I'm wrong because I'm protecting them because if y'all turn on them they'll never survive so I got to let you beat me up and think I'm the one that's wrong. 
But if I tell you the whole story about a great many things, you'd look at me like I was crazy. But that's what we're called to do. Jesus had to do it. He think about it. Jesus, Jesus is the ultimate general. Because he took upon everybody's stripes. Everybody. Everybody. He didn't take your he took your sickness, he took your disease, he took your sin, he took your poverty, he took your depression, he took your fear, he took your attacks, he took it all. And the father placed it on him so strong that when he did, he turned his back on Jesus. And he said, Why have you forsaken me? Because I just placed on you all of their problems. He can take it. And so a real pastor is called to be like Jesus. We watch for your soul. And some are terrible at that because they watch for themselves. This general watches for your soul. That's why I got rebuked by heaven because I was watching too hard and overcompensated. It's so funny when I'm, I'm, I'm y'all gonna just sit here. I'm going one second. It's very interesting. You remember that story about that rebellion? When God, Moses was mad, but when God showed up, he told Moses and Aaron, move out the way, I'm about to hear. I, he said, I showed up to kill everybody. And you go back and read it, it said Moses and Aaron both fell on their face. Lord, please. Now, they're the ones being rebelled against. And yet now they're on their face trying to save them. That's a real leader. Lord, don't kill everybody. They, they said, a lot of these people are innocent. Go back and read it. A lot of people are innocent. God said, okay, I'm not going to kill everybody. I'm going to just kill the ones. <laughs> Somebody going to die today. It's, y'all, it's ruthless. And what's scary is when that anointing came upon men of God. Y'all remember them kids that made fun of that prophet? Because he had a bald head. And the prophet just turned around and cursed him. And, and said a bear came out and killed all the kids. Now what's very interesting is the question is, was he supposed to do that? It never said God told him to do that. With great power comes great responsibility. It's a lot of things you see in scripture that wasn't supposed to happen. It just happened. You understand what I'm saying? Okay, so you're going, what I don't like about social media, you know, we have just on Instagram alone, I think we have grain, I think Marche told me 700 new people following us in three weeks. Just on Instagram. And we haven't even done what we're going to do yet. In a minute, you're going to see 10,000 followers on the weekend. What's scary? It's a lot of preachers. And I'm like, you like me now. Ooh. Let's go ahead and stand. Thank you, Jesus. Remember, y'all, we are the church. We are the church. We are members of a kingdom. And right now, that kingdom is at war. That war is getting ready to come to an end. I'll say this, it's a mysterious statement, but I'll throw it out there anyway. The Holy Spirit just told my wife and I today that the ministry that we are in charge of by the grace of God um, was in the midst of a two-year war for control of this ministry, but we didn't know it. The Lord said, you had no idea. He said, for two years. And then brought it to my attention. He said, you remember Daniel? Well, that angel burst through and uh, told Daniel, I've been fighting for 21 days 
over this word I'm supposed to give you. And it's about the future. So if they had to fight for 21 days over the word that was about the future, what is the fight like now, now that we're in that future? Some the Holy Spirit, he said, two years. He said, in the heavenlies, he said, there has been an incredible war over this small ministry for control of it. He said, that war has now come to an end. The victory has been won, and now you're getting ready to see the manifestation of it. Part of the manifestation and its advancement and removal. Is, is much deeper than you think. But you're going to always have some people that try to outdeep me. And it's just like that. Y'all with us? I know. Y'all with me in the night. Y'all like, yeah, can we just go home and eat now? Let's lift our hands. Father, in the mighty name of Jesus, help us to talk right and to be right. And I'll pause a moment because there might be someone here, someone online that you may need to repent of just running your mouth about anybody. Don't speak against leaders. Don't speak against your parents. Our grandmothers used to say, if you have nothing good to say, don't say anything at all. Hey. But just in the future, it's better to come to us and do not listen to these individuals who leave this place and they want to turn you against individuals that you can't find nowhere in the world where we're off. We have a serious amount of fruit. I have our fruit. I have fruit as a person. I have fruit as a marriage. I have fruit as a family. I have fruit as spiritual children and I have fruit concerning my destiny. And it is nothing to brag about. It's only because of the grace of God and I don't understand it myself. But one thing I have vowed to God is I will not do people wrong. And if I find out I am wrong, I will repent immediately. I just repented to both churches. So Father, we give you thanks and praise. I give you glory and honor. We thank you, O Lord God, that this new era has come. This new era will be pure. It will be pure dominion. Thank you, O Lord God, that many sons and daughters now will be raised up. Many sons and daughters will be raised up to walk in great power. Great power, great authority, moving with great speed, O Lord God, moving with great accuracy and clarity and authority and humility, O Father God. Help us to die to self help us oh lord god to die to religion to die to our desires and our own way help us to die to everything and this fresh anointing that is coming upon this ministry to enable us to rise and to rise very fast have mercy upon those upon those oh lord god who curse us have mercy upon those who speak against us please open up their eyes of understanding to carry ourselves in such a way that when their eyes are open and they see their deception that they feel comfortable oh Lord God coming back home thank you Lord God for those who have already come back home thank you oh Lord God for all that you are doing we bless and honor you for this 
in Jesus' mighty name. Amen, amen. Well, like I say, I hope you did not take things too seriously, but this is serious. Do not get in the way of the ones that the Lord wants to save. If, there, if it comes down to individuals that are messing up salvation, let me say something. We're going by the book. We're going by the book when it comes to the word. Okay? It's the, oh, that's what I was going to say. The Bible calls itself the more sure word of prophecy. So every teaching, every word, every dream, every vision, everything is always lower level than the written word of God. The written word of God is so high level, it says that I put my word above my name. It is so high level, Jesus said, I'm not going to judge you. He said, this word will. That's how level, high level the word is, is that it'll be speaking and not Jesus at the throne. And people don't want to submit to that word when I show them, hey, you're off here, you're off here. They want to submit to that. They want to continue on with what they think is power. Continue on then. If you're going to continue, please don't attack me. If you attack me, you ask them for your demise. I'm just dead serious. I'm not, I will never defend myself unless the Lord tells me I got to do something. You know, the Bible says, let another praise you, not your own lips. It's the same thing when it comes to defense. <laughs> All right. You got anything you want to add? That scared me. I was sitting there like, I was really scared. I was like, wait a minute. She's talking about me. Then I got even more scared. Hey, but that's how it is. You all get ready for some scary things to happen. Let me tell you something. Like my spiritual daddy said, he said, the time has come. He said that those that attack the body of Christ, he said, you will lose your family members. And people are like, oh, that's cruel. Not when they come to you standing in the way of salvation. Last one, and you can slap somebody and leave here. But you remember when that deputy was trying to turn that guy from the faith? That wizard? And Paul said, oh, you're trying to stop him from getting saved? He said, fine. He said, a mist is going to come on you and you'll be blind for a little while. You are getting ready to see that as normal. Because if we don't, they're going to run over us like a lawnmower on grass. Father, in Jesus' name, as they leave this place, let them be blessed. Angels of God, protect us all and keep us safe until we come together again. Thank you, Lord God, for taking us higher in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Give somebody a hug. Tell them to have a blessed night. And we'll see you on this Saturday.